Content warning, suicide and sexual assault. How was that? Hold on. Go away, Grandma. <laughs> Did you just say go away, Grandma? Okay. Shit. Keanu's grandma sounds okay. like every grandma. Okay, bye, Mama Sophie. I'm recording. I'm sorry. I'll talk to you later. Okay. <laughs> Bye. I love you. You are keeping oh, that. No. That's 100 gonna be the. No. That's gonna be the opening. That's gonna be the opening part. Why are you all of my relatives be in this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. I'm sorry, Grandpa. sobre el mundo de fútbol en la ciudad de Hartford, Connecticut. Morgan. Yep. And my other guest. I don't know Spanish. My name is Keanu Urguiza. You killed my father. And I said guest, but what I really meant was host. Um, today for Pride Month, we are looking at yet another Latin American trans film. For clarification, that is a Latin American trans film, not a trans Latin American film. Two very different things. The film is called Una Breve Historia de un Planeta Verde. Or, A Brief History of a Green Planet. The film follows a group of close friends as they lay to rest the alien corpse of a recently deceased friend of their dear abuelita. Alright, that was my brief synopsis. Let's get straight into it, y'all. It is a road trip film with an alien. Would you... Body that is dead. <laughs> no, it's Wait. alive. Kind of. It's alive. It's, it's alive. breathing. Maybe, I don't know. It's... <laughs> Do we know that for sure? I mean, it's breathing in several parts of the film. Yeah. And earlier on in the film, they compare it to a plant, though, or something not unlike the life that we know on this planet. So it is something for sure. But I don't know. I mean, your cells still do things after you're dying. Things are still happening to your body. It doesn't mean you're alive. I think mm. in this particular case, the alien no longer has brain function, and that means it's dead. Let us get straight into it. I want to hear first impressions from Keanu and then Morgan. For sure. Um, I'm Keanu, and this movie was weird. I think this is going to be a very common thing we're going to hear amongst all of our impressions. But even though it was really weird, I really liked it for some reason. I can't pinpoint exactly why I like it, though. It's I, I really want to discuss the plot at some point later down the line with everyone. Definitely. All right. Brief impressions. Morgan. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> fucking say. That was very brief. Very impressionable. Um, as for my takeaways from the film, it was weird. Wow. Wow. It, it is an odd little film. I believe the filmmaker is Argentinian. Is that correct? Yes. But that's not what makes it weird. What makes it weird is these little moments where they will cut to strange figures and this overarching plot of this alien having supernatural powers that affects 
are um, weary travelers, which actually let's get into the characters. Um, you know, I did a very brief description about it being a road trip film, but we haven't talked anything about the characters yet. And let's get into that because I think that their journey on this trip is probably the real story of the movie. And the weird shit that happens in between is just a filmmaker's fluff is what I would call it. Or maybe it has a deeper meaning and I'm just an ignorant <laughs> one. Hmm. But let's, let's talk uh, characters. We have our protagonist. Tanya, was it? I'm assuming that's the main character we're talking about here. Tanya. Tanya? Mm-hmm. Tanya. Tanya. Yeah. Tanya is our main character. She is our uh, also queer character for this film. I don't know if the other two characters are queer. I let's, think Pedro is supposed to be gay. From other synopsises I've read, they all describe Pedro as, as gay. Hmm. But he also has... Sex with Danielle because of that pact they made, and she wanted a baby. That... Yeah, what but the fuck? That was weird, because... Uh, yeah, it was weird. It was so weird. that's... Okay, yeah, we're, we're getting ahead of <laughs> we're ourselves. We're beating ourselves. Really quickly, we have our for sure uh, queer character. We have a trans woman named Tanya, um, who I believe might be a prostitute. But definitely is a dancer. I wouldn't say prostitute. It seems well, from the scripture said she said she's a performer at a club. So I don't think it means specific. She's yeah, a prostitute. but the but yeah end of the film where she dies. He's a giant flash. That was weird. That was weird. We'll get to that later, which I feel like is something we're going to be saying a lot for this <laughs> very first part. We need new we need um, new uh, synonyms for weird. Yeah, and then we got what, what was the guy's name again? Pedro. Pedro. So my friend Pedro, um, he likes to dance. Don't know what he does for an occupation. He has a really good relationship with his two friends. He seems to be very caring, and he might be gay, but also uh, I think maybe at the very least bi, since he didn't seem at all disgusted or uninterested in Danielle. I thought he seemed uninterested, um, but I mean, you don't really, so. you don't really see it. It's so dark. She's just like. I want sex. And it's like, we made, that was like a dumb thing we did as kids. And she's like, yeah, but I'm serious. And then he's just like, okay, I guess. Yeah, but that's the thing. If if you are a certain orientation, you don't just bend like that. And I mean, that's being said, orientation like gender can be fluid. And so there is a chance that Pedro is a mostly uh, gay man. And there are exceptions that happens. But I don't know. It just, he, it seemed weird to me. God, that character also didn't do anything that was necessarily... Like, he. you don't see him in a relationship with a man. You don't see him have any, like, active, like, sexual or even intimate moments with another male character. So it's hard to say. The only thing we know about him is that he loves dancing. I want to argue he had an intimate relationship with a man, but... Oh, yeah, the guy in the car? Yeah, that guy. Didn't sorta. it almost seem like that guy was going to lean over and, like, kiss, kiss him? him? Yeah. It did seem like that. But Pedro also said, like... He's a bully. He blew him off. He also seemed uninterested in that, and that dude is a dick, apparently. When they were younger. Right, well, whether his interest is there or not, it seemed like maybe that guy knew that he was gay or something and was, like, apologizing, and maybe himself was also gay and was repressed gay, but, like, wanted to reach out. He did seem gay. I I do want to talk about that scene as well. There's a (laughs) lot I want to talk about. Let's get to the final character. Uh, the one who actually starts off the film, I believe. Um, we see her 
calling... We, we see her a lot before we see Tanya. Or no, we see Tanya at the very beginning, and then we see Danielle, who is working at a bar, is sad about something with a guy. Um, she just seems like she's kind of going through it at the moment. She needs a break from life, and she gets it in the form of this road trip. It is all I can really say about her. Also, that bar that Danielle works at is a bar I would like to go to. It's all hokey pokey and shit. It seems cool. I fuck with it. Is it just me, or did everyone seem really robotic and cold the whole movie? Like, I couldn't pick yes. up a personality from anyone, except maybe Tanya. Tanya was the most emotive out of all of them. Yes, yeah. easily. But everyone else just seemed so distant. Especially Danielle. Danielle was so distant. Danielle. I... Out of all of them, she was my least favorite. She did nothing the whole film except demand a baby out of Pedro randomly <laughs> at some point. Well, I think I think Danielle's depressed. I think that's what the whole first those first scenes we see Danielle. I think it's yeah, a hundred percent. She's she's lonely, depressed, bad bad breakup. Yep. But it all just comes through into yeah. this really flat, uh, unemotive character that's not interesting to watch on screen. Yeah, that that is a fair thing to say. That, you know, those feelings can make you, you know, those feelings can make you seem lifeless to the world because you feel that way. So I could see that about Danielle being the most boring character just because of the way she's portrayed um, and the stuff she's gone through. Even beyond Daniela, uh, it seemed like everyone else was also very reserved and quiet. I'm not sure if that's like a specific Argentinian kind yeah. of thing, but it didn't seem natural at all to me. Like, I... I, I feel like all their characters kind of blended together. Listen to be the style of the filmmaker, because it wasn't just them three. Mm, yeah. Every character was like that. The exactly. first eight minutes is just a bunch of characters staring into the nether, drinking their coffee or whatever. It was just like, <laughs> it was just this symbolic feeling of oppressive loneliness from everyone is what it felt like. I can kind of see that. And, you know, you get those moments where Pedro and Tanya dance and that, those moments are the most colorful and the most yeah. lively of the entire mm -hmm. film. So maybe it's that idea that, you know, these characters are strange and the moments that they uh, show their true colors is the moment that, you know, they break away from what the rest of the world is, which is bland and beating you into submission yeah. all the time. And they do say nonstop, living is. we're weird, over and over again. So I guess <laughs> that's also how they, they feel. They do. It's like what we're saying about the film. We're yeah. weird. Uh, God. But, Weird. But yeah, like you said, Manny, the best moments were, for me at least, when just Tanya and Pedro were hanging out and talking. That was when it had the mm. most life or the just the most interesting things to look at, their conversations and their just their friendship. And again, I think that, you know, the reason we're drawing so much on these characters is because their interactions make up the bulk of the film. And... They are sort of weird people and those little moments uh, with between them are what make the film. But aside from that, there is a whole bunch more that is strange, which we should get into soon. I kind of want to make the case that the settings themselves are kind of like characters here. Because uh, I think they make everything else stand out and they have their own like life to them in a way. We spend a lot of time, a lot of fucking time just staring in like one shot in one place for certain settings for like ever there's like almost a spielberg-esque like one take in the beginning where they're like checking out this club for a little bit uh it, it, i almost feel like that's on purpose here like 
they want to draw attention to the fact that the setting is important along with the characters as if the settings are like on par with the characters we're watching talk and my argument for that is that the characters themselves are also super robotic the settings are also super drab and kind of bland i i don't know why he would pick that or why he would do that other than that reason but i can't uh, discern any meaning from that it's just all kind of vague and uh unnatural yeah i'd say that helps to serve uh the the kind of oppressive loneliness you feel when you have just a right. shot focusing in one spot you feel that kind of claustrophobia like you can't move uh like you want to get out but you're kind of trapped in this little area uh and if his film is dealing with kind of the transformations that these characters go through on their journey then showing us these kind of oppressive angles and long drab shots kind of serves uh, the function of showing how they're trapped and trying to get out. Yep, I definitely agree with that statement entirely. And talking more about the journey and let's get into it. The whole reason they go on this journey is, again, a very odd reason. They are trying to return an alien body to the location in which it was found. And so... Yeah, let's get into this alien real quick. The alien is this dead grandma's best friend at the end of her life. And they have a small montage <laughs> where the alien and the grandma <laughs> oh my God. are frolicking together. <laughs> this movie's unintentionally yeah. funny. I will say that. <laughs> That's I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to say that with a straight face. I couldn't. It was weird. I could see you baking. I can't even see on. you. But I can imagine you yeah. trying so hard. Yeah, they show us that, and then they show us the alien's corpse, and the alien's corpse is also kind of funny looking. Um, <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> and then, yeah, we get into the weird things about this alien's body. Uh, it's like you guys were saying, the alien's not really dead, because parts of the body are still functioning. We get later on to the movie, and we see that it's draining the life force from Tanya. Well, it seemed like they were uh, connected. It was going, I mean, I'm not sure. Do you think he was draining the life force from her? Or do you think it was just trying to show like this uh, umbilical cord-like connection between them? Well, she was getting sick at the time. So that's that's the assumption that I took. But it could have been just the fact that they were both. Uh, That would like imply that it was getting stronger. I kind of felt like their lives were connected. So if if one were to die, so would the other kind kind of deal. Ah, like Harry Potter and Lord Voldemort from the classic film Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I would actually argue it's more like E.T. <laughs> oh, it is more like E.T. It, it is, is definitely way more, more like E.T. E. Yeah. Uh, E.T. and Elliot are obviously interesting because El- Elliot cares for E.T.'s, uh, his well-being or their well-being. Like, it's, this true, it's one of his friends that he made up along the way. And I think that... That's very basic. And I feel like this movie is kind of commenting on that almost. Like, what if we took that one step further? Like, it's not that they're just LinkedIn because they're friends. Obviously not. But I would almost say that the the alien in the brief the brief story from Green Planet is a lot more like a surrogate almost for Tanya. It, what do y'all think? Uh, I know that uh, the director, Santiago Loza, 
he he said in an interview that the alien represented queerness and kind of queer identity. Ah, okay. That, yeah. Okay. Then I could see that even more. Yeah. That's why it would latch on to to Tanya in that way. Yeah. And I mean, you know, (laughs) even the the recently deceased grandmother, her friend who was there to show the gang um, the corpse of the alien, she even mentioned, you know, like, the alien served the same purpose of being your grandmother's companion as you once did. She said that. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it, it, the parallels between Tanya and the alien are very strong and their connection is very deep. Which makes sense because at the end of the movie, Tanya leaves this world? Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, seems to be implied. Dies. I mean, they, <laughs> they spend the end of the film is like them looking up at the stars. Well, not them, the, the son of Daniela and, and Pedro mm. looking up at the stars. So I feel like that implies that she has ascended to another world. A gayer world. A better world. I was going to say, I think, actually, Tanya died. There was that little flashback. I thought maybe. Yeah, there's also that, which implies she's been dead this whole time. That's what I was thinking, right? Like, six and shit. Okay, so that's... Okay, yeah, yeah. So so let's talk about the scene. (laughs) Tanya has a weird flash of memories coming back of her... Being a sex worker is what I interpreted that to be. Right. That guy that we see throughout the entire film that, you know, Tanya's like, I don't want to talk to him. That's a different guy than the guy that we see in the flashbacks. The guy we see in the flashbacks is like a rotund man. I think that's the guy that killed Tanya because we see him getting progressively rougher in those scenes. Yeah, and it seems like he even might have raped her. Uh, yeah. That definitely seemed to happen. With trigger uh, warning. Yeah. Or content warning. For sure. Um... Yeah, it was a really rough scene to watch. But also, I think there's another interpretation. I think the interpretation could be that that's the life Tanya lives now. And that if she doesn't leave this planet, that's what's going to happen to her. It's like a flash forward. Oh. And so that's why she ends up leaving. That's that's another way that to interpret it, I thought, anyways. But at first, I definitely thought, oh, this lady's dead. She's been dead the entire time. Her name is Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. But then I thought of the other ones. So I think there's a few different ways you can interpret it. I had a slightly different interpretation of it. I thought it was kind of like her life would have been different. Like uh, that could have been her life at a previous point where she could have died at that point. But for some reason, things had changed so much where she could live her life as the way she wanted to. Like a almost like an alternate reality type deal. I don't that's substantiated by anything but it seemed like that was like almost like a like a thought she had was like oh god like i i could have died at some point or whatever without like maybe the intervention of her friends or her grandmother or something but i could also see that i think these are all very valid ways to interpret the that scene from the film which was a really good scene i thought actually sad but yeah, it's it's but, but also weird. <laughs> laden yeah. with themes this and whole, ideas. This whole film, despite how strange it is, I think was filmed really well. It has very good cinematography. Uh, real quick on the on the topic of cinematography, one thing I noticed that seemed the reason why I felt everything felt so cold and distant was not just because of the grading, but also be because of the lens that was used. I don't think there was a single use of a wide angle lens anywhere. 
Like even when we were up close to all the all the characters and the settings, everything was like this telephoto far away kind of look to it, as if we were kind of watching them from afar rather than watching them from behind as like a friend or something. It all seemed distant. Very detached. Yeah. It yeah. all in service to them. Uh there's also one more scene I think should be brought up. What was up with that mob when all three of them were in that house, that decrepit house near the end of the film? I, I cannot Ooh. make heads or tails of that. All right, so talking about that mob scene, the alien is obviously supernatural in some way and somehow was collecting souls, maybe? The and souls. so they were laid to rest when the alien was laid to rest, was my interpretation. But like the previous scene of the film we were just talking about, I think there's many interpretations to this film. Tanya's grandma was in that, right? She was in that crowd? Yeah, I think she was like one of the focal uh, characters that we see in that scene. I could be wrong. It could have just been a chubby old lady. Let's each pick out the one scene that we thought was the weirdest and talk about it. (laughs) We've kind of been doing that already, so if we've already gone over the one that you thought was the weirdest... We can just pass on that, but I have one that I'd like to bring up. Uh, My scene was the weird fucking psychic magic witch powers that Danielle had where she'd see a man covered in a cross and a giant mask, and she'd be like, that's the direction we're going. Yeah, that was... That was mine as well. Uh, oh, shit. Having, oh. <laughs> having all those natives kind of showing them the way. And then that last scene where they're walking and there's like a native in between each of them. I know the director did not originally have the natives in the script. I guess where they were filming, wow. either natives once lived there or currently lived there. And they really li- he really liked the, the symbolism or the look that they brought so he was like let's bring these in and add add these because the uh because the area is full of that history so let's include them in our film they're natives uh yes i didn't think they were natives they're he in the interview he in the interview he called them aboriginals uh oh wow what the fuck why they don't i mean it's just another word for indigenous no not that i mean but like they Nothing indicated to me that they were indigenous or aboriginal. Same. I, I have no idea what the, uh, what the indigenous people of Argentina are like, so I have no idea. I, but, yeah, no, I've, <laughs> I have no clue. But I guess they're like that because they wanted that imagery in there. I thought that was supposed to be Holocaust, like, like cosplay or something. I, I hope I don't offend no one who's Argentinian listening to this, but uh, I don't know. Those hoods kind of look kind of fucked up to me. And not in a good way. Uh, well, I mean, if, I mean, if they're indigenous, it's just we don't understand the context or the culture. So they went over our heads. But, I mean, that's good to know. And it's good clarification there for anybody who wants to watch the film. They will know contextually. They'll, you know, now they'll know that those people are not. I thought they were weird Catholics. I thought they were like oh. Catholic, like ghost priests or something like that. But now it's good. Now we know that they're some sort of mystical indigenous people. The their symbols, they're kind of remind the symbols on them, like the little the T section, whatever. It kind of looked like phone lines or like I don't know. It seemed like it was guiding them. I guess that was kind of the point, though, wasn't it? A little bit on the nose. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I guess. And like their <laughs> connection with the land or their knowledge. Yeah, I guess just their their connection with the land and their kind of uh, this kind of uh, journey needed to be taken to bring the alien home was enough to to bring this in these indigenous people or maybe spirits of or something to show up uh, to to send them on the path for whatever reason. So it'd kind of be like if saying indigenous cultures were always a part of queerness in a way and guiding them even in much older times and also now in contemporary times because they were guiding them in the at that time in the movie. We're saying that indigenous cultures is a is a queer culture? Not queer culture. I it's more like indigenous cultures are perceived like modern cultures. So queerness is precedes our modern understanding of things. I think that the fact that uh, they are accepting and guiding them along means that they're okay with queerness, or at least the alien in this in this film as queerness. I have a take here. Um, I have something to comment here um, about that. I think a big part of the reason that you're saying that, Keanu, is because of the way that we're all westernized and the way we've all grown up in Western culture. Mm. So we... Yeah. Don't necessarily understand how other cultures relate to queerness. Because it is true that there are a good chunk of indigenous cultures that have things like Two-Spirit um, mm-hmm. and other um, queer accepting facets of their society. It's also true that, like any other part of the world, there would be parts of indigenous culture that would be less accepting of you know queer culture. It's a blanket statement. you know, Not all indigenous tribes... Are the same and so some of them would be more accepting some of them would be less accepting and some of them have different terms and uh you know uh terms and ways of understanding people and their self-expression so i think i see the connection i i see the connection you're making between queerness <laughs> and indigenous peoples because there is a connection there um i think even in latin america it's been a long time since i've studied this so if i'm wrong it's fine um <laughs> No, you know what? I can be broad enough on this one that it's fine as well. Um, I know that there were some Mesoamerican indigenous cultures that valued queerness because they saw those people as people who would take care of elders, and it would be a very special, um, it'd be a very special privilege to be born that way. It was seen that you were born this way so that you could take care of the people that you know came before and stuff like that. And so there was something spiritual about that in some Mesoamerican cultures. And I know even in North America, the term two-spirit has popped up because there are North American societies that have that, which is not equivalent, but is similar to the Western idea of um, transsexuality. Well, goddamn, yeah. But I, I see where you're coming from, Keanu, for sure.
Welcome back to the I'm Sorry Grandpa podcast. We just finished off break and we're ready to play a game. Ahora, un contesto de español. And that loosely translates to now, a contest of Spanish. The game we're playing today is not a game. It's a fucking Spanish test. Welcome to 11th grade, no. motherfuckers. Oh, you suck. Damn right. This, no. this movie had nothing to do with Spanish. This is all is Spanish language film. God but it's it. in Spanish. <laughs> Okay. And the words have to, and the words have to do with Spanish. So I'll be grading you, and the person who loses is a loser, and the person who wins is now the king of Spain, Spain, España, Spain, Spain, the Spain, Spain. Oh, Kiana's already a point ahead. Uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> nah, not even. <laughs> All right, let's start with this one. Um, <clears throat> and I'll, I'm literally just taking whoever I hear first. So just shout out if you know it. What is the Spanish word for Earth? Tierra. Tierra? Tierra. Point to Morgan. Yeah. No, no. What is the Spanish word for homosexual? Homosexual. (laughs) Point for Keanu. What? (laughs) Wait, what was your choice? No, you got it. It's it's homosexual. Spanish word for strange. Oh, Oh, I I don't know. It's not extraño. That's something else. You got it. What? Oh, it is I, I swear to God, you're just you're just saying, yep, that's the right one. <laughs> nope. Uh, what is the Spanish word for rainbow? I have no idea. I've uh, never heard that word before uh, in Spanish. Uh, uh, rainbow. Uh, uh. This is, uh, I actually suck at pronouncing this word, so here it is how it is pronounced. Arcoiris. All right, Arcoiris. next one. Okay. Here's, oh, a, here's a much simpler one. I didn't actually know the Spanish word for rainbow before this. Here's <laughs> an easier one. You should know it. What is the Spanish word for country? Centura. Nope. <laughs> country, not century. <laughs> country. <laughs> Por qué? Yeah, I don't remember. That's definitely something we had to learn in Spanish class, but it has slipped to my mind. Right. I have forgotten. I looked that it up. Is I'm sad. Zero points. The word is país. 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 Oh, país, yes, that's Pais. right. It because of the song. Un poco. Something, uh, país. <laughs> the, the something of the country. Beautiful. What's that? Uh... I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, jazz. Know. It's a un poco. We can talk about la, it afterwards, la, la, but la, we're going to with the test right now. Is, is país oh, related to Curacao. 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 That's a drink. Mm-hmm. That's their little theme song thing. Their little theme jingle. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Um, the Spanish word for road trip. No idea. La tierra uh, trip. <laughs> you're, you're overthinking it, man. <laughs> it's just Basically, the word just... Earth, earth trip. <laughs> I don't know Spanish. Yo no sé. Fuck. It's just viaje. It's the same yeah. okay. So like, okay. So there's no special word for road just, trip. No. You it's just the same word for travel. Okay. Yeah. Great. All right. Spanish word for alien. Oh, they definitely use that word in the movie. Oh, God. How do we don't? We <laughs> did not pay attention. What was it attention. again? Let's see. What did they say? I'll give you guys a big that? hint here. It is also the Spanish word for extraterrestrial. Yep, no, it's, I, I know, they said it in the movie, and Jasmine even said, this is the word for alien, and oh said it God. again, I was like, oh yeah, okay, I don't I'm remember I'm guessing anymore. you guys aren't going to get it. Nope. Nope, forgot. 
Oh god, I'm so annoyed. I looked it up and I'm so oh god. Extraterrestrial, something like that. We must continue. The show must go on. What is the Spanish word for death? Oh yeah, uh, you know, uh, mu- muerto. Mu- mu- ah, fuck. Muerte or yeah. muerto? Morgan got it. I was gonna say like more something. Mundo muerte. Uh. <laughs> I was thinking of fucking bleach. I hate. I I hate myself. I was thinking of a Japanese property to think of Spanish. I mean, to be fair, there that word actually is based off Spanish. Morgan's in the lead by two points, so yeah, the best you can hope for here is a tie. <laughs> sure. All right. What is the Spanish word for forgiveness? No idea. Um, apology, uh, um, porque. <laughs> nope. I've never forgiven it's, someone in Spanish before. Porque. It's, it's perdón. I'm fucking oh, gonna kill what? myself. Oh, you mean I just sorry? All the time in, yes. at work. I hate myself. I know how to say sorry, but I thought there was like a special word that's like, I forgive you, like a, like a verb. Forgive can, is a, like a verb, right? To, to forgive? For, to forgive That's, is... There isn't, there isn't like a to forgive kind of verb? Nope, it's perdón. Perdón. You guys really overthink this. You guys know a lot more Spanish than you think you do. I use that Spanish. word at work. <laughs> well, one more question. Here, let's make it an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> what is the Spanish word for film? La cinema. <laughs> I'll give it to you. I was looking for película, but... Oh, yeah, Pelicula is also Yeah. All right. That makes the score 4 to 1. <laughs> Morgan knows more Spanish than Keanu. Indeed. Keanu is now the dum dum of the podcast. Yo I've been the dum dum of the podcast. What are you talking oh, wait, about? Uh, uh-huh. Lo soy reina <laughs> de España. Yes. As the new queen of Spain, no sé. you must declare war. Papa Americano. That, right. that's my so Spanish. that finishes up the game. Let's start to wrap up the podcast uh, with closing thoughts. If you guys are down, I'm not down. I'm not down bad at all. I'm down terrible. Then so. I'll start. Here we <laughs> go. My closing thoughts: strange film from a strange planet. <clears throat> I know. Jesus Christ. This film was filmed very beautifully, but the entire road trip had. A lot of strange, nonsensical moments. Um, I'd probably give it a 7.5 out of 10, personally. Hmm. <clears throat> I'm kind of averse to giving it a, a, like a traditional point score review. I think this movie was trying to eschew those kinds of things. Like, it's definitely not going for like a, like a hero's journey or like a road trip kind of feel-good movie. This is just kind of like... An exploration of its own self. In terms of enjoyment, I enjoyed it. And I think that's all I really need to say about it. I like that. I like that. You know, despite the fact that I traditionally do points, I'm going to go ahead and agree with Keanu here. Yeah. I think that the real (laughs) metric for this film is if you enjoyed it or not, which I did. It was a strange film, but I enjoyed it. Fuck the point system for this one. That's for more commercially made films this is much more art this is an arty kind of film and as such you know art can be interpreted in a bunch of different ways sometimes it's enjoyed sometimes it's not and in this case i enjoyed it keanu enjoyed it 
Let's see if uh, Morgan makes three or if she... She hated it. Uh, Yeah, I'll say this is definitely a a very symbolic movie. Uh, But for me, I didn't feel like the symbolism was um, strong enough in in the kind of way I like it. I know the, the director had kind of a loose vision and gave the actors a lot of creative freedom. Um, and it definitely, it definitely followed through in the, in the kind of neat style. It kind of ties it together. But in overall, in the general kind of uh, feel or the general moments that were happening along the way, they didn't uh, keep me interested uh, enough. It was more just a lot of like, what's happening moments rather than <laughs> I'm intrigued, please continue. Um, and I didn't like how it ended. I didn't like Daniela and, and Pedro having a child together. Um, yeah. I'm sure we we could discuss whatever symbolism or thematic meaning it had to the movie, but I didn't like ending it on their child 15 years later looking up at the sky. Um, I didn't want an introduction to this new character. Daniela was the least interesting character for me, so I didn't even I didn't like ending it on on her and her relationships. Um, I would have liked just more closure with, with Tanya or, or even seeing what Pedro was up to over ending it with, with Danielle and, and her child. Uh, so I was disappointed with the ending. I would give it two out of the three friends in terms of a score because I liked Tanya <laughs> and Pedro and I didn't like Daniela. I like that, actually. That, that, that's a good way to create this movie. I thought that was, something was kind of interesting about that ending scene. The saving grace of it. Uh, the fact that they cut to 15 years later, the kid had like a, a marshmallow shirt on. Oh, yeah. And in the beginning, they had like an old school ass telephone. So I feel like there was a weird progression of time there, which is kind of cool. I, I didn't think they would, they would think that deeply about it, but I appreciated the effort there. Um, so if that's all. I think we could probably call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye Pride to Pride Month. Month. You did a good one, guys. And it's now July. Yeah. Mm, which right. brings with it a whole new theme. July. July, you know, we got fireworks in North America. There's a lot of patriotism going around. So I think, you know, it's it's pretty obvious the, the theme I'm going for with July. And we're doing July to me, unreliable narrators. <laughs> that was very clever. Uh, so the yeah. first film of July, this one is maybe a little bit of a content warning film. I have always been interested in it because of the kind of cultural uh, appreciation and, and aspects of it. But I've never seen it before because the content has always kind of pushed me away from it. But Rashomon. Oh, by Akira Kurosawa. It's a Japanese oh, film. Oh, shit, wow. Because I think this film is all about uh, a bunch of characters retelling the same events, but they all tell it differently because they want to make themselves look good. Huh. But the content warning is the thing they're all talking about does surround a potential rape. Ah, uh, okay. That's, that's going to be a huge context. Yes, okay, that's then. why I haven't so- watched it before, but... <clears throat> What why what is exactly the theme of July it's a, exactly? It's July to me unreliable, unreliable narrators. narrators. So movies oh. like you know, so think Fight Club, Club, Usual Suspects, the, um, Memento, 
Okay. Even yeah. even um oh the movie The Sixth Sense would work. It's just any movie that has like like there's a twist yeah. or whatever because the uh, narrator was not reliable and it skewed our perspective of the entire film. Do lie, do lie to me. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll be watching Sick. next uh, next week for July to me. Oh shit, dope. That's actually cool. I've been trying to watch an Akira Kurosawa film for a while. I'm going to go ahead and sign us off here. This has been the I'm Sorry Grandpa podcast. The only podcast that is a podcast. That's true. <laughs> None of the other podcasts are podcasts. I'm sorry, Grandpa. <clears throat> Desculpa me. I We're will the true go. pod champs. <laughs> the true pod champs. Wait, how do you say I'm sorry, Grandpa in Spanish? Or, I'm sorry, Grandpa. Perdón. Abuelito. Perdón, Grandpa. Abuelito. Holy shit. Perdón, Abuelo. To company, that's your company. I'm coming, I'm coming. I want your company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I've been. That song just came up in my head. <laughs>